0: to the Truth In My Days podcast, where we defend the word of God against the challenges of men. Hello all, and welcome back to the Truth In My Days apologetics program. Today, we have Sonia Tors speaking with John Tors. John is addressing what we can say to skeptics that claim the archaeological evidence disproves the Bible. We are continuing from the last episode. We hope you enjoy.
1: I can actually think of only one. So in the offhand, I can think of only one. And that has to do with the ancient city of Jericho. Now, the city of Jericho was on the uh, western, just west of the Jordan River, north of the uh, Dead Sea. And it was the first city conquered by the Israelites as they invaded the Holy Land under Joshua around the year 1406 B.C., And the Bible says a lot about Jericho and about its conquest. And because of that, there are a lot of details, a lot of things we can check out. We read the account here in chapter 2, which starts with that well-known account where Joshua sent in a couple of uh, people to spy out the land. And they're in Jericho, and somebody discovers them, and they, they end up getting hidden by a harlot named Rahab. And they're on the roof, and she's hiding them there. And she comes to them, and she says, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. That's interesting to note that the people of Jericho had been given that final 40 years to turn from their evil. They knew the truth. They knew the truth of God. They could have turned. And Rahab at least did. She says to them, Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, Our lives for yours, if none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall. She dwelt on the wall. And they tell her before they leave, when we come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord on the window through which you let us down. And that, that'll be the sign. They will know which, uh, which people to spare. So the important things to note here. One, Rahab has her house. It's actually on the city wall. And they are to be spared. Now, that's actually what happened then. The Israelites took the city. God gives the instructions uh, to Joshua. It tells the people, you shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And then seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. That's in Joshua 6.
0: Oh, if, if uh, Rahab's house is on the wall, how, how could it be spared if the wall of the city falls down flat?
1: Isn't that interesting? And this is the point I'm getting at. There's some, some fine details given here one of those being her house is on the, on the wall and therefore the walls couldn't entirely collapse. It would have to be one section that was left standing. Okay. That's, that should be there. What else? Well, this is a relatively very, very short siege. In ancient times when people would come upon a walled city to, in order to take it, they would usually have to besiege the city if they couldn't break through the walls. Uh, This is why people built walls and walled cities were actually in vogue until the invention of cannons, which made the uh, walls kind of useless. But they had the walls and the invading forces would surround the city entirely. So people couldn't come in or go out. And then they'd wait. And they'd wait until the people inside ran out of food and uh, water. And that would take many months, sometimes years. Uh, When Jerusalem fell much later, The Babylonians, it took about 18 months, but this was very quick, seven days in total. And then the walls would collapse and the invaders would be able to mount up over them. So it's a good thing you notice that detail. These are what I'm trying to draw attention to. that we have details here. So in this case, uh, we can examine to see how well these things did come to pass. So Jericho then was left as an abandoned ruin And many, many, many centuries later, explorers began to look into it. And Jericho was was found, identified, and first excavated by a man named Charles Warren in 1868. Then in the early 20th century, some work was done by German archaeologists. And then the most extensive work to that point by a fellow named John Garstang between 1930 and 1936 and what did he find? It's quite fascinating. Uh, he found that the city was destroyed around 1400 BC, just as the Bible indicates. He found that, found that the walls had fallen down in such a way, they were actually a double wall, one at the top, one lower down on the hillside, and the upper wall had fallen down in such a way that there was a ramp of bricks going up the hill over which attackers could easily climb straight up into the city, just as God described. He found that one section of the wall, however, one section remained intact, as would have had to be the case to save Rahab and her family. And he found large quantities of burned grain in the city. And that's very significant because you never find grain in a city. We're not. Well, two reasons. One, as I said, the siege takes a long time. It doesn't end until the people run out of food. They would have eaten every bit of grain before the city fell.
0: So that means it happened, the siege was short.
1: I mean, you know, the siege was short, but then you have another problem. If uh, an attacking force can take a city quicker and there's still lots of grain there, the people would keep it. It, it was not like today where you can go to a supermarket anytime, buy food and never worry about starvation. Food was life to them. If they took a city, there were large kinds of grain, they would certainly confiscate that grain for themselves. They wouldn't leave it there, let alone burn it. But you remember that in the biblical account, the Israelites were commanded to take nothing except the gold, silver, bronze, and iron. All the other possessions were to be burned. And so you'd expect if that really happened that way, you would find this very, 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 unusual, perhaps unique find of large quantities of burned grain in the city, and that's exactly what we found. So in fact, archaeology seemed to support the Bible in every way in the case of Jericho. Uh, now do notice do notice this, uh, this proviso. Uh, this is an earthly thing. At the end of the day, we can find that every single detail matches the biblical account. We cannot prove archaeologically that God knocked the walls down. We can prove that all the details match the biblical account, but whether God knocked it down is a heavenly thing that the archaeology cannot show one way or the other. Nevertheless, this seemed to be amazing confirmation of what the Bible said. Until 1952 to 1958, further excavations were done by one Dame Kathleen Kenyon, a well known archaeologist. And based on her work, she concluded that Garstang had actually been wrong. Uh, She concluded that Jericho had actually been destroyed around the year 1550 BC. And so by the time the Israelites showed up, there would have been no city for them to conquer at all. And the evidence she pointed to was that in her excavations, they did not uncover any Cypriot bichrome pottery. And the significance of that is Cypriot bichrome pottery was ubiquitous in the ancient Near East in the late 15th century BC, so much so that it actually is used as one of the archaeological markers for dating. And the supposed time of Joshua was the late 15th century BC. If this is when the city had been destroyed, she said you should have found lots of this uh, Cypriot bichrome pottery. You didn't find it. So the Bible's wrong. Oh, the Liberals were so pleased with this. The Bible was wrong. And that's their story, and they're sticking to it. And they continue to stick to it, even though Ms. Canyon was totally wrong. In 1990, an archaeologist, Dr. Brian Wood, at the time at the University of Toronto, actually studied with him for one series on biblical archaeology. He carefully re-examined all of the evidence available on Jericho, and he showed that Garstang had been right all along. Uh, the Cypriot bichrome pottery that should have been there, it was there. The so canyon had excavated only a very small, very small section of town. I think it was 26 foot by 26 foot excavation area. Happened to be in a very poor section of town, which is not where you would find imported pottery where it was not at all surprising she didn't find it. What was surprising though, is that Garstang had already found loads of it. It was in all of his uh, expedition writings and somehow she hadn't bothered to check it was there. And Wood showed this, he also showed uh, a certain other evidence, Egyptian scarabs, for example, which are dateable and showed that yes, indeed the city was standing in the late 15th century BC, right at the time of Joshua. And it was in fact, defeated and conquered around 1400 B.C., exactly as Garstang, it's exactly as the Bible says. So, in fact, the Bible was right all along about this. What do liberal skeptics do today? They just ignore this. They ignore Dr. Wood. They ignore his findings. They continue to say, say that, oh, Catherine King disproved it. It's the typical intellectual dishonesty of liberal skeptics. And they're wrong. And when it comes to so-called positive evidence, Jericho is really all they had. All that I can think of. The only other thing they can go to is, as we've said, the negative evidence, the argument from silence. This didn't happen because there's no proof for it. They say the Bible is historically unreliable because we have not found archaeological evidence to back up its claims. But as we said, this kind of argument is usually rather weak. Uh, What about the Exodus? Skeptics claim we, we had no evidence for it. The supposed uh, escape of so many Hebrews and traveling and in the wilderness for 40 years before crossing into the promised land. Where is the evidence?
0: What kind of evidence should we expect to find?
1: Well, that's a very, very good question. That's exactly what we need to ask. What evidence would we find? When the Israelites left Egypt, what did they take with them?
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time, but please join us for the next part tomorrow. Same time and same place. If you enjoy our content and think this is important material, the best compliment you can pay is by sharing this with your friends and family. This helps us out a lot. Also, if you enjoyed today's program, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Truth In My Days podcast with John Torse. We would love to hear from you. Please feel free to share any questions or comments you may have. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe and YouTube. Simply search Truth in My Days as one word. Again, Truth in My Days as one word, no spaces in between. And you can connect with us. You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com. Thank you.